So when you guys start roping together, like, what does this look like? Because I, because I'm curious from, obviously, like, within the industry, right? There's certain guys that rope a lot together, and you guys have jackpotted on and off throughout, you know, for forever. It seems like I, mean, I don't know if you'd even be like third partners or fourth partners, but it seems like you guys had roped for four or five years, right? Like, is that kind of that's been about right? At least at the jackpots. Yeah, I would say. I mean, probably longer than that, really. Like, okay. Um, I think this is my ninth year to do it and like I remember even the first year like 2016 like we even entered some jackpots together and then like the year following like we kind of were third partners and then kind of second third partners along there for the next several years so I mean I feel like we've kind of kind of really been jackpotting off and on for that coming up on nine years. So when this kind of starts coming together you guys decide to try it out in the spring which is kind of it's weird because there's like certain times where like teams just end up splitting and doing stuff different. And, and it's like, so it's kind of one of those, it's like a big shakeup, right? And it was like a few weeks, months before Reno kind of starts, right? Is that kind of the time frame in, in the spring or is that what it looks like? Yeah, I think when the top teams like split up a little bit, like, like all that happened, then it just tears down. You know what I mean? Like every, if, if like a couple of the top teams split and they just start swapping partners and stuff, it winds up causing 10, 10 teams to swap, it feels yeah. like. You know, when two do, it, uh, a lot of times. And It was well, right around <coughs> March, uh, middle end of March, when we kind of decided that it, when it was all kind of going down. So I think our first rodeo was actually Logandale, which was uh, in April, okay. about second week of April. So that's whenever it kind of got kicked off. Well, then... What does it look like? Because you guys, obviously, when you've jackpotted a lot together, like, and probably more or less, I mean, for you, Wesley, when you start to, like, say, hey, I'm, we're going to put a run together, like, this is kind of the team, like, how, like, what are you looking for? And, like, what's what's kind of the game plan early on into the partnership? Like, what, what are you guys kind of thinking? I think, to me, it, like, just communicate, like, just honestly driving down the road and talking about, like, hearing people, the other person's perspective of like what they think about roping because like you have some guys that are like really set in their way like that's how they want to do it that's how they've always done it and they go about it and I think just like for me like even any partner I've ever had just to like listen to them talk about their theories on roping and just bizzing like you can get a it's easier to make a game plan so like me and him have roped enough and talked enough kind of about what we each thought about you know, always upgrading our bottom end horses, top end horse, you know, to where we show up to little jackpots on better stuff. And like, we kind of know that's always been our game plan. And then we want to uh, be able to finish whenever you're ahead of the roping to where it's, you get to the, you know, you might make a couple good runs, get ahead. Then it's just get through it. Like we both, you know, I've heard him talk about how he wanted to get to where that was more comfortable. And like, that's always been what I've kind of got to where I wanted to get comfortable with. Cause like, I, my th saying is like the hard money is hard so you better learn how to get the easy money because there's a lot of people out there that can get the hard money you know random enough but they're not very good at getting easy money when it comes their way so I think you've got like we're both kind of on the same page with that so then it just seemed like we kind of started it was easy to put a run together because we <coughs> both know our thought process of how we thought about roping and we're both you know got families and kind of have the same game plan outside of rodeo so it was easy to, you know, we didn't really change much when we started roping other than just like, okay, at this setup, I might go another swing. And then if you want to tee off, you can, or if not, we're still smooth. Like as long as we finish good, our run's good. And he felt like he kind of would go another stride or I could 
I knew he's not going to leave me. Like even jackpot with him in the past, he might throw his whole rope, but he never leaves me. So right. like if I'm late or inside, like I know the last thing I need to do is panic, thinking I need to get there. I just need to go a little further down the pin, give the steer a little time to open up, and then I can heal him as fast as I want. So like just little things like that, get on the same page. And we got like right after we started roping together, we didn't go to California, so we were home all spring. So we went to little amateur rodeos, circuit rodeos, open jackpots. Um, just, we got to compete a bunch and practice a bunch during the week. So like, it just felt super easy to get on a rhythm. Like he's got some good practice horses. I had a lot of, you know, horse I could heal on. So it felt like when we left for the summer, like you never want to, you know, overestimate like, oh, it's going to go great. Like, cause you know how that goes. Like it could go bad even if things feel good. But uh, it, it gave us confidence, like, hey, we know what we're doing. Like, our catch run feels good. When we're going at them, feels good. It's smooth. We're not trying to make anything happen. So I, I feel like the transition was, was easy and even good timing to get to compete a lot and get on the same page. I, I think the jackpots are so tough that, like, if you jackpot with a guy good, you're going to rodeo with them good. Because there's jackpots where you might have to be six flat and five on every steer and then come back and need to be eight to win it. <clears throat> and adapting doing both the same, you know, the same deal. You go to Reno and you're 4'8 and 6 flat, you're high callback. Well, you might have to be 8 to win it. So, like, that's the same three runs you'd make at the same jackpot, like, same scenario, everything. So, like, knowing you can jackpot with a guy where you can catch 20 in a row and 5, 6, and 7, it's a lot easier going to the rodeo because you know, you know your run's going to work. If you can win at the jackpots, I truly believe you should win at the rodeos. There's guys that win at the rodeos that might, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you're going to do good rodeoing just because you had a good year rodeo and you couldn't jackpot. But if, you, if you're a consistent jackpotter, your odds are better of doing good at the rodeos because you got more control, more feel where you're at in the arena, know when to pull the trigger, take a chance, or when not to. I feel like that helps you get through the rodeo season better than just, because you, you hear the old mindset, that, like the younger guys coming on that rope real well, like, oh, I don't like jackpotting. Well, it's like you better learn to like it or your rodeo career is not going to last as long as you hope for. And, and odds are, it's just the percentages aren't there. If you can't like last at a real like well, aggressive run five, good. six times. Yeah, like and if you, you don't know okay. why you're doing good, it's hard to know why you're doing bad. You're just wondering when that streak's going to end. Yeah, Cause it ain't yeah gonna... and I truly believe that about your rope. And if you don't know why it's going good, you don't know why it's going bad. So if you're just raw talent, you know, flying by the seat of your pants, getting by at the rodeos, well, at some point in time, you're going to have to think your way through getting back on track when things aren't going good and I think if you're not saying you know, like it doesn't matter jackpot rodeo and you're gonna go through bad spells but you gotta know why it works and why it doesn't that way you can get back on track sooner and if you're just winging it getting by at the rodeos catch percentage 60 70 percent when it's good 30 when it's bad and you can't win at the jackpots like you, your rodeo career is a little more danger than you think yeah absolutely so one thing I guess where I've we got a team, right? I've never really get this chance as far as get guys together and like actually like team like chemistry, like getting along good. Like would you guys get along really, really well, right? So that's that's also probably a, a big bonus and I think it plays into like what happens for you guys this summer. But like going into it, do you guys talk about like getting trades, doing the entering, the traveling situation? Like how does that like how does that kind of break down for you guys? And like if you were like recommending it to someone or you know, to like, hey, like making sure that the team is on the same page as far as like handling the, the business outside of the arena goes. My take on that is somebody's got to be, like somebody's going to do the entering. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's not a, you're not going to trade, he's going to enter, I'm going to enter, he's going to enter, I'm going to enter. Like somebody's going to be the designated enter. 
and I think the other person, you know, you're going to have to be on the same page having input and where you go and like, hey, let's trade this for this or whatever. But like, I've always tried to have the approach of if he's a guy doing it, I'm going to support him doing it. And he like, he's all good. I'm not going to argue with what he's got going on or I'm not going to complain about all that. I wish we'd have done this instead of that. Like if he's the one taking the time, because it, it does require time and looking at, I mean, a lot more time than the guy that's not doing it. So um, I think that I've always tried to have the approach like I, I respect the guy that's entering it, whether, I mean, I've been the guy entering for three or four, you know, three or four of the years I wrote it like I entered. But I, I think that I like, I just try to support the fact that he enters and like, I'm not going to complain about if it didn't get up right here. Or, oh, I wish we'd have done that. Like we can talk about our game plan, be on the same page and, you know, travel plans or like maybe I'll try to do put some more effort somewhere else. But I've always looked at it, like, you got to stay like, you know, it's okay for two guys to run a business together, but somebody's going to have to make the call. So if he's the one doing the entering, like, I don't try to intervene too much about it. I think plan. it's a matter of, like, respect, too. Like, making sure you're like, hey, I don't, it's an all-night drive. You got your family with you. Let's, let's accommodate every scenario. Whether that guy says, hey, it, three months we're going to go on vacation for a week is that cool and you just schedule around it make sure you give your partner enough time to make a plan and to get it done and knock it out and just not the night before just bail on him over something or leave him driving all night by himself because your girlfriend wanted to ride with you or whatever case may be kind of kind of make it where outside of the arena is so smooth I think it makes it a lot easier to adjust it just in general just well, yeah, literally everything like when you go get stalls just get your partner stalls too if he's two hours behind you or whatever literally anything you can think of to accommodate the other person to make it easier convenient everything else for them too and i think too like what ends up working against the team and you'll see it a lot is a you're traveling a lot probably not sleeping good like it's it's pretty like you're grinding the whole time right and so when things kind of get low or bad then there can always be that like level of like blame or like animosity and it's like if you guys both feel like hey we're both trying hard we're trying to do it, it I feel like it kind of keeps everyone on the same page right Is literally, that... literally even getting to the point where like if your other partner's a bad driver and he texts and drive all the time and almost you know like you can't even sleep because they don't they don't drive good enough. like you know, I think little things like that can bother you yeah you especially have, when you're losing you already have enough variables like, for it to go well you've got to have a dang good head horse dang good heel horse draw decent above average for sure you've got his wife, my wife, each got kids. So there's a lot of variables into making something work long term. So like I think you got to be able to, like you said, anytime you get a chance to do a little extra or be thinking about the other guy, it always comes back, you know, naturally. He's thinking the same thing. So I just think you got to look at it that way and like you got to let things go too because like no two people think the same or, or have the same plans. Like this is a big deal to somebody, not a big deal to the other guy. Like. You got to be kind of able to just let things go and um, make sure you're on the same page and know that each other's trying their best. I think if you're both putting the effort in that it needs to be in, and then you communicate enough, like you can at least. And not saying it doesn't lead to somebody changing or things changing or plans changing, because you know the goal is to even if we quit open one day, like we're still gonna be friends. Like it's not gonna ruin that. But I just think you got to communicate, be on the same page, and know that you're trying to help the other one, not looking at, oh man, he's showing up on that horse today. I wish, you know, oh, we don't win nothing on that horse when he rides him, or oh, you know, he's not putting in the effort here. You know, anytime it gets like that, it starts getting murky and then littler things start bothering you. So I think it's gotta be, you know, pretty straight up about all that. 
You know, like, I missed yesterday for Wesley. So I fed his horse and unsaddled him for him. Because I'm a piece of crap and I can't catch all the time. And if he wanted to get mad about it, he realized that he, he did feed my horse and unsaddle him after he missed. So it kind of, you know, it didn't muddy the waters quite as much. You know what I mean? Well, just just being cool, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Being... if you don't run very good, you better be cool. That's why I'm the coolest guy on the planet right now. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You never know. Yeah, you got to be cool, man. <laughs> yeah, be cool. Well, I just think it just creates a good culture. Like at the end of the day, like everyone's trying their best, doing their best and like understanding that. And it does like, it sounds really easy until you've done a couple all night drives, like you haven't won, like all of that, which like to kind of fast forward, I think I think this is what's pretty cool about your guys' team was early in the year. Like, I, I think you had some money won from the winter rodeos, right? Had a, quite a lot more than T-Wade, like at least 15, 20,000 more, is that about, is that about right? right? 17,280. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said, <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> to be so, exact. But you know what I mean, so there's, you're, you're pretty far ahead of him in the standings, and it, it, I don't know exactly how it looks, but you guys do good, like, it looks good, like, but Logandale is the first one, and there's not a lot to really go off of as far as, like, standings go, winnings go, and so as the summer kind of starts, like, I don't know exactly how it went, like, real early, but I know about there's a spell in there where like you get pretty cold heading, right? It went to shit, and and honestly, when it goes that bad, he had more money one than me, and like the dude made it seven years in a row. I don't be the one to well, cost like him when you so. say it went to shit, like what does that mean exactly? Because like I, I don't <laughs> think I talked to you a few times throughout this time frame, and there was some pain behind those eyes. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's like, hey, and and I think from just like. I'll just put my spin on it, but obviously like roping with Wesley, it might be, is that your first healer with a world title that you have at this stage? Like, it's a great, yeah, it's I mean, a great, it's a great chance, right? Like, I feel like Wesley's a great partner for you. Like, not that you haven't had bad ones in the past, but I'm just saying like, at this, like, I think you've got a great ripped, run, right? They've all ripped so good that you had faith in him when he went out there, you wouldn't have went, but like, no matter what he's won or done, you wanted it to do good for him. The standards like, high. He had made it seven times in a row, and he had won enough. Like I was like, I, I don't want to be the guy to let him down. So like, kind of, you know, like after you're like, golly, just same deal. Like when I rode with Travis Gray, it was like, yeah, man, I mean, he, he had a lot invested too, or Trey or whoever I rode with. Like you don't want to do bad for him. And then when he had more money, I was like, man, I told him, I don't know. I was like, at one point, I was like, I'll get you to the finals. Like it got to be concerned. I was more concerned for him than myself. And right. then like, I was like, I. If I don't make it, it is what it is, but I want to get him there. Like, I want to get him there. Like, and it wasn't even about, I want to get me there. I want to get, I want to make sure I got him there, you know? And then the same deal when it kind of boiled down to the end, like, he was 5,000 out of uh, leading the world standings. I didn't even care if I did or not. Like, I wanted to get him there. And then when I got him to the spot, I'm like, all right, now we can worry about getting me up there or not. But, you know, instead of trying to, you know, if we had to win, if we had to be 20 seconds for $5,001 to get him to number one, or we had to be 4-2 to get me there, I would have just went and caught and got him there. Like, it's not about, it's a team sport, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know, I think that, that goes a long way just in itself. It's not a, it's not a selfish way of thinking. It's a we always talk about, too, like, we always try to win the most money we can with the best odds. So, like... If three nines went in first and pays four thousand, but six flats went in fourth and pays twenty five hundred, five five doesn't sound bad, you know, because it, it's all close. Like you got like we go back to the easy money. You got to get as much of the easy money as you can. Right. 
So, and it's not easy, but it's as, better odds. Like riding the ups and downs a little bit. Like the the Reno tail. You guys win the roping at Reno. The the Bob Tallman. And what does that pay? Twenty. I mean, it's a big hit. I think it paid like thirty-five thousand or something like that. Yeah. So it's a it's a huge hit, right? And that's starting the summer runoff. Like literally day one, thirty-five thousand. Team feels great. Yeah. We when we won twelve the week before that at, at another jackpot. So it was like. Yeah. You guys are. Yeah, you guys have good. killed them. You feel like you're, like the team, like the expectations are probably pretty high for the team at this point. Like you believe in it. And then two, like two, three weeks later, probably like to the middle of July, like from the middle of June to the middle of July, there was very little winning, right? Like that week arena, we won 13,000. Okay. And we caught two or three, not very yeah, many. I messed up two. I messed up three. The second one was to at Reno and then but we when won, we, we caught, we won, won big checks. Yeah, so we were yeah. like, so in our mind, honestly, that was probably even more of a, a pep up than even the jackpots and stuff, because we're like, dude, we roped not great, won 13,000, like when we, we caught, catch, we it's caught big. We caught 35%, you know? so we won 13 grand. So it felt like, shoot, if we'll just rope good, who knows what they're going to pay us. But uh, obviously, you get humbled fast in the sport, so. And then, yeah, I just Roll like. into the next week. We go in the next week or so, and like, the way we scheduled it like I had to ride my third string at St. Paul Prescott and Oakley and then uh, I rode my good horse to like Mandan and Belfouche and that was kind of where we had the two rigs going well Oakley we draw two runners and I messed up missed them both and then we go to like Prescott and I missed my dally a little bit so he got a leg in the first one at Prescott and then uh, I missed second one and then at Oakley we draw a runner and I miss again and then we go to Mandan and the steer stops. And then we, at Belfouche, we made a good run and we won like $1,200 or something. So like, it ain't looking very good headed. You know what I mean? And we've got on planes and trains and everything we could to get to the next rodeo. So like, it's kind of started it that way. And then it was like, I've been out running a couple times or drawn bad or whatever. And then like, you get the loper and break the barrier. You're like, it seemed like it stayed that way for a couple weeks. Right. And then like, we go to, I don't know, Spanish Fork, or not Spanish Fork, uh, Salt Lake, and had to just catch. And the steer walks, I break the barrier, and then he ducked his head so bad he took my head rope off of him. And so it's like, now it's just, I mean, it just kind of escalates, you know what I mean? Like all the little things are starting to build all up. All the little things are starting to build up. And like, But I think this is the moment, right? Like, Because this is like when things are not going that way, you're getting close to the 24th of July, and I feel like at the 24th is like this time where it's like, hey, we, we've got a great chance, like we're going to, like we're roping for world titles, we're trying to make the NFR, or like we're way behind. Like yeah. it, like like it's not working. Like it feels like doesn't it feel like that? Like it's one of those three things that like right around the Cheyenne time for a lot of teams. Like I feel like that's kind of been a little. To like me, I feel like that, we, right? we take it going like week to week. Did you have a good week or not? You know what yeah. I mean. So like, and then it was three bad weeks in a row, which felt like a year. You know, at the biggest time where all we did was go to a rodeo a day, and for three weeks it goes bad. And I don't know, it was, I don't know, it, it was well, you're things the, are different, but. The middle of the season, like, and it's. Yeah, it's you got the guy that hasn't bad. messed up, and I just keep messing up. You're like, golly, I don't know. You what? You think it'll turn around, but at the same time, it don't feel like it's going to, because it's going so bad. And I guess this is where I want to go with this now that we kind of, like, the situation is, it's real bad, right? Yeah. And for some reason, like, every time I talk to you or you, the attitude is good. Yeah. Like, how's it been going? Not good. 
but like it's like it doesn't feel like it's over like there's none there's no excuses there's none like you can tell like nothing's wrong but like I can tell you really want to catch a steer like you you're desperate to start turning them and but it doesn't feel like this like weird pressure and then on the same end like and this is I guess from to what I'd like to know what you think but like Wesley is one at every level with it seems like every different partner right like oh yeah he, he got can we can we give him the nickname out the, the baby Jesus nickname <laughs> yeah, I mean he got the name baby Jesus from you don't lose because he would win with like everybody he'd pull some dude out of the the backwoods and and win he'd be number three I and felt like the backwoods guy that he you know? couldn't pull through for <laughs> is what I felt like he can't come out of nowhere and he can the, the champ can't get him there but but you know what I mean like what is it that like makes that easy to to kind of believe that it is going to turn around or that it, it's going to work like out of your partner because like when it is bad you can tell when your partner is like starting to feel like hey this isn't working right and i think that's kind of the i don't think that was there ever well what's cool is when we rope together long enough it's crazy when these guys like sign on to rope for a living with this guy right like hey this guy ropes good i'm gonna go with him this summer got all these big plans and literally two or three bad weeks, and they just, this guy sucks. I'll never rope with him again. Straight trash. And they think right? about that. They think like that forever. For it. Like, just because the guy had a couple bad weeks. Like, they think they'll never catch again. The next year, and they think off of that time period. And yeah. And so, seeing the end game, I guess, is. That short term, like not having like that short term mindset, like having like, hey. Well, if he missed every steer for the next month, that's the worst he's ever done. If not, so, like, if he did it, it I wouldn't phase what I thought of him like yeah hey, he's got some kinks to work out or whatever but like I'm hooked you know I'm in whatever we need to do like because you you know we've seen each other rope long enough it is what it is nobody's gonna kick ass all the time so I mean knowing yeah. that the dude like, he'll he'll buy another horse he'll do whatever he needs to do he'll line it out just leave him alone and let him do it would you say it's just trust like you just felt like hey the team just yeah just you, trust each other, you just right? believe I don't know, you, you believe in the guy long enough that three weeks ain't gonna matter, what yeah. I think, I my opinion of him. I don't know the know. right way to look at it, but like, I thought about, like him, like even at the very beginning of his career, like, if a guy was dead on, he still turned enough serious to make the finals, you know? Yeah. So like, even when it was Hail Mary, worst horses, throwing from the back of the box, backwards half heads, whatever it, it was. Still getting those. It <laughs> was for first. So. I thought I just thought in my mind like and I've thought about that for other partners too not just him like it doesn't matter really how bad it's going but like if I'm ready and I'll do my part and not saying I'm just holding enough pressure on myself to like never mess up but like hey if I'll just be ready he's he could turn me one steer every other week for the rest of summer and if if those all were first it would still be fine in, in a roundabout way so yeah. it's like and then if he does turn me that one we win first well then it, that's something to build on well then his confidence comes up but I, it all relies on me being ready because then if he turns me the right steer and I drop the ball because I'm worried about him I mean that just you kind of let him down because then it's harder for him to get his confidence back so well and that, that probably is one of the hardest things about heading too is like it is easy for things to get like way off because you can draw a few bad ones you can like make good runs but it's the wrong rodeo and just doesn't get paid good and it's like it just seems like there will be some ups and downs with it a little bit and I think that's that's kind of one of the, the tough parts of it like it can get a little streaky sometimes heading up. I don't think people understand that like you've missed eight in a row or however many in a row but everywhere like four three is the last hole 
It's, yeah, not, it's not, I mean, yeah, you can't, I can't go knock one down in 6.5. I might as well the miss whole, that yeah. one, too. Whole 4th of July, there wasn't one rodeo you could say, man, I'm going to get some confidence here and try to win eight. I, I bet our percentages would be 90% if we could be 6.5 or under at every rodeo with an average setup. Right. But it's not. It's not like, because we, we usually at the jackpots, when the time frame's okay, we usually get a couple down before we miss or whatever. Like, it's not like we... You know, but when you got to be four three every time you nod your head, you got to get the perfect go, which gets more barriers, and then you got to throw within the first eighty feet, which makes more misses, and then you got to turn them pretty fast, which makes worse handles. Like it all kind of plays in. There's not enough time to to just go knock one down. What about like the communication side? Because as you guys are, it's you still haven't ran a ton of steers together. I guess like rodeo wise, are you? communicating like hey we want to do things a little different as far as like how you want them hazed how, where you want them how you want them handled like things like that like are you guys making tweaks as the summer kind of progresses is there any like is there any moments through that summer or is it just kind of stay like or what does that kind of look like I, I think the main thing we have talked about is like we know our runs good enough like stick to the game plan yeah. but is that game plan okay we got the loper he's coming left like he always said he wasn't comfortable with the steers coming left so like he didn't ever really like hazes but then also now that he rides further in the arena and watches it go on, like he doesn't miss many coming left because he's not throwing blind as the steer's moving left from the back of the box. So now he he almost feels comfortable on one that's coming left. Hey, I'm gonna go further, try to shape him up and let you heal him fast and finish. And like so we would talk about runs like that, hey, like this is the run, I'm gonna go to him, try to open him up, you let you heal him fast, or win the first round at Caldwell and draw one that's medium, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to him. And like if we're four or five, great, or if we're six flat, great. Like you do what you want, but I'm gonna go to him, open him up. And uh, I think just little things like that, where it's not like changing drastically. Um, for the most part, I'm gonna try to leave him straight. I'm not gonna try to purposely haze him, or oh, this here goes hard right. Just let's try to hold him up, or just like that. On a, you know, we're head of the rope and we're head of the rodeo. I'm gonna go to him. Um, that's about the most like those two or three different ways we like to go about it. That's kind of the tools we have in the bag, and we're sticking to those tools. Like, we're not going to change our swing in August because we've been gone for two months. Giving you guys is like spots to throw your ropes. Well, right? I, I just think it's badass when, like, we have a steer, we make a plan. More times than not, we execute whatever that plan was. Like, don't think we don't back in there high callback and now to be nine flat for third and go, hey, let's just go knock this one down and get paid whatever, whatever they give us. Like, yeah. And we're both on the same page with it. We don't go, well, one wants a, to win the buckle and the other guy wants to win the money. Like, we were both just yeah. like, get paid I mean, regardless. For example, high back at the survey, steers a little and fresh. Seconds wide, you know, we're high back. Second call, blast a loper and goes 5-2. Well, we got to be 5-5 five, five on a tough setup for first or 8 flat for second. I'm going to say, me and him, I mean, he might lope and give us a shot, but we're going to take that 6-5 pretty and win that second because you got to take the highest percentage shot for the most money. And, and just like Denver, I mean, I mean, we our game plan was to go at the first two because their go-round paid as much. And then once we got to that point, all right, I'm going to go to them at the semis a little more, jackpot style. And then the finals, it's like, well, they blasted them right in front of us. But fifth doesn't pay that much worse than first. And we've already had a good week. Let's just get what we can get and keep going. Well, yeah, know, and if he pops out, we'll be four, five. A squeezer went four flat at Denver. We were the before. next team, and uh, I looked at Thorpe and said, nothing wrong with silver, brother. <laughs> we didn't know. Like, that was not in the cards to try it. So, And you got to think, like, percentage-wise, like, 
Hell, they got 12 teams pay eight monies. Go get what they give us. If the other you're only are... good, and I've seen this at every level, but if you're only satisfied with being dominant, you can't maintain that level of status or winning or nothing. I don't care. Like, and I'm not gonna name any names, but when you get to to like just hearing other guys, like that I had him rope with, but hearing them talk about, you know, they're trying to be the best, trying to be the best. Well, they got to that point by roping their roping. When they tried to beat that other guy they're trying to beat, they traded places. And, and at the highest level, you see that in the past. So like, I think it, no matter what level you're at, you have to be the best at what you're good at and work on little things to get better. But anytime you start roping somebody else's game, though, I mean, people behind you will start passing you. As far as like, I think the mindset went from like, hey, I might not make the finals and Wesley's like, the, like he's gonna be I can maybe get him into the finals. Yeah. So like, within two weeks of that, like, yeah, we're we're going. Like, like you guys have won. How much in that two three week span did you guys win? Man, it, I don't remember how much it was. It was Fifty, if you count through the Cheyenne. But probably so before, from like the middle of July until the end, of, to the beginning of 40, August, fifty thousand maybe. Well, I would say if you well, I guess when you go through Dodge City, so like if you go on a two and a half week or whatever you want to call it, yeah. it would be the 50. Same, the same three-week span yeah. in yeah. a lifetime. The next three weeks, you win 50,000 yeah. a month. You know, it, it, uh, almost the exact same. Like, I had like 40,000 won at Spanish, and I had been to like 30-something rodeos. Like I was, I was honestly still at par, but our expectations were a lot higher than that. So it was like, oh, we got a chance, but we're not great, whatever. We're just going to do real good. And then... uh. Spanish, we went three eight in the first round, and it was only because Wesley threw fast. I miss, I miss, I got a, got the neck, missed my slack, and just Wesley just beat him up, and we were three eight. I'm like, oh, that's all right, but hell, that was one. I don't know if I can catch two. And that night we had the one of the, he was supposed to be stronger. He wound up being a really good steer, and we made a good run. And was four flat, and a seven eight on two. I, I had a pretty good feeling we'd win it, but I was like, still ain't good enough. I roped so bad, like it's like. Uh, Yay for today, but that's it, you know. And we go to Ogden the next morning, kind of get a roll, and he heals the crap out of one or like four two. I'm like, all right, we're gonna win two or three in the round, so that's thirteen thousand so far. Probably we're all right. And that night we got one that's supposed to stop. And same deal. I'm like, well, just rope and see what they give us. And uh, I got to him. It was sharp, and he healed him real fast. And we were four two again. I'm like, all right, now we're gonna get like twenty grand out of these two, like. Now I've been to 40 rodeos with 62,000 one. I'm, I'm doing all right now. Yeah. And uh, the next day we go to Deadwood, and I would won it the last two years in a row. And so I'm like, kind of, and my thoughts are like, well, hell, you know, two years in a row, you usually don't win it. It's, the odds are you're not going to win it. There's 100 teams. Yeah. And it's odd. It was crazy to win it twice in a row. And then I don't remember how fast we were, like 4-2, 4-4 or something like that. And so our longest had been eight, six on two in the last three rodeos, you know, and uh, won that one for another 10,000. I'm like, we're, we're back, you know what I mean? Like, it took six to think that you were back, not just one, but I was like, now we're in a position to go back to doing what we do. We went from I mean? feeling a little behind to being like, dude, if we have anything go our way, we're about to have it made just in a week or two yeah. if, if we just, and so it, it is funny how it works, which, I was talking to somebody the other day that was asking me about like mental game or whatever, and I and I said like, honestly, looking back, most of, I'm not saying most of the ch- times I did good, 
but a big portion of big checks I ever won, I went in with almost the least amount of confidence. And in terms of like, you kind of got to talk yourself how to just get through it, but then also like, you normally lower your expectations because like at Spanish Fork, neither one of us are showing up thinking, oh, we're about to take them by storm. It, it was like, yeah. hey, only thing I know how to do is my job. Let's just kind of stick to our plan, stick to our job, see what happens. And like, I feel like a lot of times that'll take your pressure off. Cause, and that goes back to the trying to do more, trying to do the other guy. Like when you start raising the expectations to all time high every single time, and you're only good if you beat that guy, there's nowhere to go but down. For, like, you're for, not going to pass. Him. Yeah, for me too, I feel like, Nobody just kicks ass when they're down on themselves. So if you're in a slump, just pretend like you're not in a slump. Just go do the same deal. Go, Don't just hide in the trailer and mad at the world and barely feed your horse. Like Just go do your normal stuff like you normally do. Hell, even go to the fair with my kid. Like I'll just, just take your mind off. Just act like we're winning regardless. Just You don't have to be happy-go-lucky as much, but just go, go do it like nothing's going on. And I feel like you come back sooner than when you're so down on yourselves. You're like, I can't catch, I can't catch. Well, then backing in there and need to be 3-8. <laughs> You're probably not going to catch if you don't think you can, you know? Right. So. Well, I think, too, what happens right away is if you can have a good relationship and be having, like, I know it's probably not fun losing, but, like, if you guys can have a good attitude and, like, and then once that turns around and winning, like, it makes it even more enjoyable to start winning as a team, and then it just seems like it stays relaxed. Well, well he's not over there in the warm-up pen telling everybody that his guy ain't caught one in three weeks. Right. If they ask how it's going, he's like, ah, oh, it ain't been good yet. Just say yeah. <laughs> that way it's probably, you know, but if I'm worried about what he's saying when I'm not around, I'm worried about is he looking for another partner? Is he doing this? And I miss another one, and you're looking over at him, wondering how he's acting going down the arena. Like, you know what I mean? I, all that goes a long it, ways, it too. It comes just, into effect more than you would think, you know, because, like, if, if he's worried about me, I'm worried about him, like, it's hard to focus on your job. Well, then it makes the airport ride longer or harder the next day. And then it may, you know what I mean? Because you're like, was well, this guy on my team or not? Or is he looking for the first out or not? Yeah, as you soon as a good guy needs to run, am I cut? Do I need to be yeah, looking? Like or? Like, yeah. I can only mess up a couple more times and I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of feeling. As opposed to the other way, it's like, we just turn, by turn six steers, we're ahead of the curve again. Like, instead of like the mindset can just change real fast. Yeah, you literally go from like 30th in the world to like 7th in like eight days and mind you we hadn't caught at the most important time to catch of the year you know so uh i think living in hell yeah like a team's expectations rodeo and wise like that was like you definitely didn't foresee that happening just because like the, the word expectation you said it earlier but it's like that is really high because you guys have started hot First week was okay, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Like, not, nothing, like, towards the expectations of, like, what you had been doing or would want to be doing at that stage. And so that's, I think that is just managing that, knowing, like, hey, don't don't overreact. Stay with, the, stay the course. Like, think the, like, long term and, like, let it play out. And I think that's, that's what creates a spot where it can just turn around instantly. And then not even turn around, but you can keep it rolling. And that's, like, because that's the two things that, you never see happen as a team get that hot and then a team get that hot and then just stay going right, right? i think like, we had the same attitude when we couldn't catch yeah. as we did when we caught them all like don't even talk about it either way almost just if something needs to change you can tweak something here and there but wesley had a lot of great points because i've we talk all the time we talk long before we ever roped and all that stuff but like 
what one thing I heard him say that was kind of cool, and I he probably didn't even know that I was saying thinking about it, but like he's like it's crazy when someone gets to doing bad and they change everything. They change their horse, their rope, their bits, the way they swing, where they throw, what they're doing at the barrier, uh, their everything. He's like when really it's probably just one thing. He's like, and when he said that the next day, I'm like you know what. I'm just not going to swing my rope till I get out of the box. I'm going to ride a little further, just like I do with the jackpot. Because I don't miss that many at the jackpots. I throw my whole rope all the time at jackpots, but I ride first. Literally, I rode that day because he said that. Like, man, don't change a lot. Just change one thing. So I literally told him I was going to ride better just across the line. Don't worry about rope. Right. And then I started roping good because I was riding my horse better. And it was coming together better. And I wasn't even worried about a clock. I was just going to rope one. And I don't know. He probably don't even know I even thought about it, put that much thought into it, but he's right, like, when it's going to hell, you don't have to swap ropes. You don't have to swap, you might, might change one thing, change your bridle, if it if your horse don't feel perfect. Or, try, try not to overreact. Yeah, don't don't just freak out and change everything you've ever done. Like, try to get back to the Yeah, you trusted it when you took out for the summer, just just change, tweak one thing here If you left the house knowing you're gonna drive 30 hours to Reno and be gone all summer long and spend X amount of money, you better have done enough work at the house to have a good enough game plan to leave with it. So, like, there's nothing that should, if you thought your game plan was good enough when you left, if you stuck to 100% your game plan and it wasn't good enough, that's one thing. Come come home and fix it. But don't be driving all night to Canby, Oregon and say, I'm going to fix it today. <laughs> because you hadn't even experimented with this <coughs> thought. So, like, stick to the game plan and figure out what you're not doing on your game plan to make it right. And norm, like I said, I mean, normally it is just one thing at a time that you're, ah, got it. At home, I was being three, riding my horse with momentum and carrying him at the front, not thinking how fast the rodeo is and looking for it. Or as a healer, driving around there and throwing no matter what, like I was going on the second hop, finishing faster, just because these other guys are teeing off going down the arena doesn't mean I have to, I still got to go through my steps. Like, that's what I'm not doing. I'm taking the feet out of my horse too earlier. Whatever, I mean, normally, Especially like if you got to the point where you have one, and you and then you leave with the game plan, you know what you're, you've got's good enough if your game plan's right. I just think you got to figure out what you're not sticking to your. There's something you're not doing to stick to your plan. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good way to put it, and I never really, you know, you just hear change something, but you really don't know. But uh, he's right, just maybe one thing at a time, and it'll start clicking sooner than just swapping everything up in the middle of the summer, 30 hours from the house. You know. Yeah. Well, I think what happens next too is like. As you guys start doing good and like really like start winning, you start realizing like, hey, my healer does this really good. Like I think like Wesley finishes. Yeah. Right. Like and you watch some of the ones like, well, I might not need to press as hard because I know if I can do a little bit more riding and set him up, like we're actually being faster because he can finish so well. It does something like that so well, and it's like kind of same thing. Like I think you can like feed off the winning, and it like almost takes it where like, hey, we don't even have to press as hard as we can to still win. Like, it kind of can keep you guys within, like, a, a little bit of a, a comfort zone, if you will. So you don't, the, you're not on the gas so hard, right, constantly? Is that, well, that like, happen? the first the first mess up he made, he didn't mess up for a month. He maybe slipped a leg at Dodge City on the first one. And he's and we drew just an okay steer, and he just said, do you, man, whatever you want to do. And I hung it on the second one fast. And, like, he come around there, and he threw in the same spot. And we were, how fast were we, like four flat or it was, three something maybe? Is it four or one maybe at Dodge City like yeah. on that so, setup? So all of a sudden like, we're like 14 yeah. on two. 
we're beating guys that are clean on two. Yeah. And we won the round, so we got to go to the short round. And then we're like, hey, same deal in the short round. Fast time short round pays 1100 Maybe they'll give us sixth in the average for another 1100 Just And uh, we won the fast time short round with like five, six, and then won third or fourth in the average for like four more grand or something like that. So, I mean, we wind up getting out of Dodge like 9000 <clears throat> and it's just, I don't know, just being able to feed off each other in every scenario and, like, just kind of go with whatever needs to be done. And when we can win, it, it got a little bit easier after that. Right. So, let's, I'm going to kind of fast forward it because this feels like it's easy. So, so it's probably the hardest <laughs> part of the, the year is getting ready for the finals, right? And I think this is, like, something that everyone wants to be ready for. Like, I mean, you've obviously have won a world title out of it going in number one in the world standings you've had a great at the finals but have not won a world title right so it's like we and we went and video the practice session with you guys and i try not to like get too involved when i watch them and stuff but like it was good practice it was the best probably practice i had ever videoed or, or saw and i like but you're like just like watching it like that was you could tell like the standard was trying to win a world title and it was seemed to me like, and, and you did mention a few times when we talked, but making it as hard to practice in a realistic situation for the finals yeah. as possible so it would feel easy when you got there. Was that, like, kind of take me through, like, hey, as you're trying to make a, a run out of title, like, what does that kind of look like as far as, like, what was your guys' game plan and, like, what did you like from how you prepped for, for the NFR this year? And I, I'll say every year... Uh, it, I've, I've one time before this year have I ever gotten steers that were equivalent to the NFR, like strength-wise, strong, push on the end of it. And that that year was I think the 19 when I won the won the world title the first time, and I felt really prepared my left home because like I'm not a, I, I have to go off feel like I have to if I'm going to shoot half court sh- court shots I better do it at home like I've got to be the guy that knows like. At least I'm good enough at home. So when I get there, I, I'm not. I, I can't create new things. I, I got to stick to what I know. And it's either I either do it or I don't stick to my game plan. Like I abandon it when it goes bad. Or I stuck to it and it goes good. So I have to know at home that it's good enough. And like that year, I knew it when I left home it was good enough. And the other years, like my steers were almost too good. And like I knew, I'm like, well, it feels great at home, but I don't, I don't know. And so like this year. My steers, I just had some just good Mexicans um, that I got from a guy that put on a rope and Clay Logan, and uh, they they were good, but they weren't sharp enough, you know. And uh, he had some like of everything, like he had a mixture, and they they weren't necessarily um, comparable to how they are out there. Like they hit different, or hit open, or hit wild, or but as far as speed wise, they were like, and at least I knew where I was, you know, how far am I going to be away? I think from? they were just super hard to catch. Like even though they weren't as yeah, realistic. They, I mean they had strong, they had strong, left <coughs> right, strong, push on you, strong, blow up, lower their head, hop beller, hop kick your funny. horse. So like, not be the same. So never like the no same. Yeah. It's like it wasn't like hey, I'm gonna just keep nailing. And that's the best thing I think out there is like there's so much reaction out there. If you ever ride in the box and think I'm gonna do this and that's it, like, well, what if he blows up and pushes down the arena? What if he blows up? Like if you're just trying to go off feel. That's the hardest place to go off. You need to know what it feels like, but you also got to be thinking like, okay, get around him, salvage this run out, take a six five, take a six flat, 
take a five three. It be was, ready to be three six. He, like you got to be ready for all scenarios. Right. Wesley told me he was like, man, these steers are good, but they kind of blow up and they're not like. He's like, I don't want to. The other ones hit faster. He's like, I want to be ready ahead of them when they hit fast. So my dad, when he, I told him we went to the sale barn, I said, buy some zebus, and he had us like two or three of them, and they run like little goats. Yeah. And uh, I said, I called Wesley. I was like, come back and practice. I found us some steers that'll work. He gets over there and he get these miniature cows that nobody can heal and their feet are like two foot from the ground. And he missed the first one. And he hadn't missed one in like three practice sessions. He missed the first one. He looks up at me and smiles. I was like, we got them now, dude. And, he, and they were he, normal size too. Like they yeah. weren't a, yeah. they weren't a tiny, you know, they didn't look like a miniature. <clears> they open. look. They don't open. Like no, they, no, they, they hop run. like fast like, goats. It's like a donkey kind yeah. of. Which that's the thing about like out there, and it's weird. Like if you don't draw real, real good, it always feels like your heel horse can never get. Feels like no heel horse is fast enough. It's kind of what it feels like. Feels like you're just you can't leave soon enough. You can't get far enough around him, and you can't have no, enough momentum through the turn. Is what it. That's the negative of how it feels. Right. And so it's like it. Like even his other steers. Like at least I felt like I'm behind on these suckers. Like I, I got to leave sooner, be more ready, get a bigger pocket so I can get around him. Like at least it made me think of the rhythm of the run because like there's no heel barrier out there and you think well if i just take off i'd be fine well, like your horse needs to be and, th and there's a fine line there because if you're just crash crashing trying to time the knob you'll haze them so like you almost have to have them on go under your legs like a squeeze instead of a so like that helped me with that rhythm of like knowing i'm, I'm in a good enough spot down the arena on these just don't take my feet out of the ones that blow up like let them blow up then line them out, finish strong to where I'm not taking my feet out just because my horse needs to rate. And so, like, you need to get you need to get down the pin, but then you need to give yourself momentum through the turn. I don't need to gas my horse out and then not have anything through the turn. So, because that's the most you can't bank on them out there. They hit so big and so they're so strong. Like some of them might open up perfect, but you can't bank on a throw. So, like, I had to figure out, okay, am I going fast enough down the pin, but then give myself room for momentum across the arena. So, like. That was a good thing about having realistic speed-wise to where I was I was prepared in that way. Where else, like the last couple of years, I've, like I said, you can try to buy the right steers to compare to them, but it's dang near impossible because you can't find anything strong enough. Right. So the practices obviously feel good, and you guys got a good run. And now the expectations are like, they're, they're high, right? Oh, yeah. So how do you manage that as far as like going into it guys obviously are thinking world title like that's that's the expectation or is it is that is that like is that it at the end of the day or like what what does it look like kind of going in at that spot or is it just kind of that same mindset like hey just make the most money out of this rodeo as you can or like what does that look like because i mean it, like i said I, I just watched it and I, it just felt like different to me when i watched it i videoed a lot of it we uh we just kind of do whatever it is we think we can do and we wrote for a living like we want to win money yeah. and then like if you just do your job enough they'll give you a trophy or not at the end of it but like our deal is like let's win just money let's stay in the game and try to win what we win and uh if you if you win each night they're gonna give you all of it at the end anyway so like it was it was funny that kind of felt like we're gonna win quite a bit and wesley won quite a bit jackpot in arizona i didn't win nothing Rope pretty good, but never won anything. And it, and like winning, 
if I didn't win a check, but I rope good, I feel good about it. It's not like I have to win a check because I've roped terrible and won checks before. So like, uh, it was what it was. But we went out there, and I didn't rope very good in the warm up, and that kind of jacked me up. I'm like, golly, are you kidding me? Like, and uh, so we go practice. I didn't rope very good practicing either, and uh, then the first round, I missed the barrier by a mile. Steer, I mean, for sure the strongest steer, and then I missed the barrier forever on him. So like, I was like, all right, well, we got him down, but felt awful. Next night, draw the loper and break the barrier, and I'm like, what? I don't know which way's up, but I know I'm gonna stay the course and just that's a, stay that's hooked. A hard spot is a header too, right? Because that's like the <clears> only time you can really think about it and game plan is like the start you want. Yeah. Funny enough, that that was the same steer that like I think Andrew on him once, which I randomly watched a few of like the break-in runs, and that one was like leaning on the head gate, and he like popped it, and he like took Andrew way down, I think. But that steer was way strong, right? And then you yeah. the barrier, then break the barrier, and this is like that's like the one variable I feel like you can really game plan for as a header, like how aggressive you want to be. Yeah. Playing, right? So I literally needed to flip flop my start on both of them, and I probably would have been fine. <clears throat> but going into round three, the same deal. Like, I scored bad, pulled, and my horse almost stopped, and I just threw it. Like, we was at the amateur rodeo, and Joe B, I think you said, oh, he messed him all up. And then he's like, oh, Thorpe got around him, four flat. Like, Thorpe was the hero that night, because I still ain't done good, and he's just, he's done it all, whatever he needed to do. And uh, I felt like that kind of took the edge off. We got all three of them down. We won, like, 20-something thousand, kind of ease through it. I got my rhythm bag now. I was like, all right, just keep keep taking the same shot. I don't know. We got. I think for me, like, it's funny because, like, you go to the jackpots or pro-am, like, the number one conversation was, like, oh, you're going in and leading it. Like, you know, you, ought to, you only got one way to go from here, and that's down. Um, that seemed to be the most common thing everybody brought up, like, oh, you're winning it. Like, you ought to be able to get it this year, you know, and, like, out there, it's such a crapshoot. Like, it can go, you can come in first and leave 15th, or you can come in 15th and end up first. It's like I've always had, like, at the start of my career, I always had, like, something I wanted to, like, lead for the future. Like, I always thought one scenario to put myself in to be ready for another one down the road. So, like, I don't know. I, I just kind of, that was my game plan starting out rodeo. And I always told myself, like, if I'll get to the NFR and just put myself in that position and I do my job, like, over a 10-year span, like, surely I can get one of them, you know, and if I keep doing that. So, like, that's the way I always thought about it is, like, doesn't matter if I'm first or 15th, like, if I'll get there, put myself in that spot, do the best I can, don't don't put enough pressure on myself saying, oh, we got to we gotta trump this guy. He's right behind me. We got to do this. Or he's before me every night, and he's gaining on me. I got to do more, you know. So, like, I literally had taken all that pressure off myself, like, no worries about, the gold buckle's just in the back of my mind as far as, like, we have the potential to do that if we do our job. Like, if we do our job like we know how to do, we 100% can do it. But that was, like, in the back of my mind. Like, that's right. not something I'm putting. I'm, I wasn't going to, I didn't let myself, I thought it was the coolest thing to me because I always thought it was harder to win the regular season than to win a world title in my mind. And to be in that spot, I'm like, all right, I've already accomplished that goal if I'll just stick to my game plan and that's in the cards, great. But if we do our job and, and somebody, you know, passes us and we're, you know, that's just part of it, we'll, we'll be ready for the next year. Like, maybe it'll go our way next year. Like, I've never thought that one situation was the, this is going to be my last shot to win the BFI, this is going to be my last shot to win a world title, this is my best shot to win. Like, I've never looked at it like that. I always feel like down the road, optimistically thinking, 
I'm always going to get a better shot later. And I don't know why that is. Like I've thought about that my whole life with anything. Like I'm going to get a better chance of where I'm at now later. So just learn from this chance right? and see where I'm at. And then next chance it'll be easier because I remembered what I thought about that chance and it either worked or it didn't work. But I can go back to that <coughs> mindset thinking what went right or wrong there. Right. So kind of moving forward with it, the week progresses and you guys are kind of on par, like it's going pretty well. And then is it round six or seven that, see, that kind of comes behind that you miss? Mm -hmm. Is that round six? Uh, no, I got, well, seven. was it six, seven, eight? I messed up like three in a row, but it was round six. I legged five, the, yeah. Because you guys had one miss, right? Yes. Is it one miss. I legged and then legged and then missed. And so that would have been round seven, we're thinking-ish. Mm -hmm. Seven-ish, been a lot yeah. too. But I think what's unique about this, right, is there's two things that happen. One, you get a lot of criticism from a lot of different people at these <laughs> stages, right? Like, and it never happens all year. But you're like, you're pulling on Cowboy Channel, and they got analysts now talking about they're breaking down handling cattle after you miss one, and you're like, okay, here we go. So you've got noise now from the outside, and and now you've just had like probably the worst spot of the in your mind. Probably when you miss that steer, you guys get a take a no time, like that's kind of taking you off track. And really that, when you look back at it, that's probably the most important steer because it then turns you guys kind of loose to start going after him a little bit. And that's really what ends up probably winning you the world title, right? So like, how does that kind of look as far as like that go? Like, I want to kind of start with you on this one, D-Wade, because oh, I, know, yeah. I know, I felt like you got more of it. <clears throat> oh yeah, I funny. get all of it. Yeah, you got, you got more smoke, but yeah. you know what I mean? So you've got that and then, you know what I mean? Like, then that, like, all right, how, looking back on that steer that was probably the worst the worst moment of the rodeo ends up being like the turning point right yeah I, that round when like man those steers weigh 550 pounds and then you're trying to pull them up the wall and all that and you got to do it 10 times in a row like your horse gets like my horse ain't that big anyways like he pulls good but like i didn't ride him perfect and he'd been facing by the wall so he was like kind of ready to face and I, I didn't ride him good, and it, I think it cost Wesley more because he kind of threw where he was headed into, and then I just cut him short, and he went right underneath him. And so, like, I knew it was my fault, but, like, it, it was funny that everybody had something to say about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Well, they, they start like, it's like, oh, the horse don't pull, can't do this, hard done, to heal behind. The header's like, done, healer's yeah. mad. They, like, they're selling out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, like, like, they oh, gave, is... they're giving up fast, and uh, me and Wesley talked, and went, kind of went to break it down for a second and I was like hey if we mess up a good steer we'll try to fix something but when that good one comes in there well I don't feel like we're gonna mess him up and that night I texted him when they finally drew for the eighth round I said what's the fastest you ever been here he said three six and I said oh man we're gonna beat that tonight I was like we got a steer that is dead straight head up handles perfect like I can't mess him up on my I'm not gonna mess this one up because the other ones before, like, we were like, hey, he steps left, he's strong, he's whatever, you know. Like, we knew this one was good. And uh, I didn't change nothing. He didn't change nothing. He set The steer set up better. We were 3-3. Three, three. And that was a pretty cool feeling, you know what I mean, to be like, hey, we finally got that steer we wanted. We called it before we rode. Like, kind of deal with, like, calling it. It's like you, the best teams don't mess many of the best steers up. And that was the one we had. That was the one we needed, and that was the one we got, you know what I mean? Right. So instead of panicking, going, you handle him this way, or you do this this way, or it, none of that happened. It was like, hey, wait on the steer. Steer come, bam, got him. And uh, 
so then like everybody's talking about a run and stuff and well when we did that it was cool to set the record or tie the record but we still had bigger plans with two steers left we're like hey now we're, we're in the hunt to freaking win this deal and like now we're leading the world uh get to go last get to go last because we went first tonight we were three three and they they dropped two every night so we got to go second 14th out and uh i was like well we'll just kind of see where they fall and that that night we're we looked at it the round we were three three that night we looked at it and we're like hey we kind of need to win about 20 grand in the next two rounds more hold our spot in the average and win 20 grand more than anybody else in the hunt for this world title and we'll, it'll be ours so catch the next two but got to win a round or like what are the rounds pay again 30. 30. Like we could have won fifth both times or whatever. Like two fifths or like a maybe a yeah. second or a third might be in that two catches in a yeah. maybe a second or third. Or right Wesley, there, right? he gets in his zone. He gets all quiet over there and he usually don't miss when he does that. But sometimes he's, he's get, walking in circles. Sometimes I'll get to talking and try not to think about it. I'll just kind of say something here and there. And, and uh, it was funny. We were in that tunnel and you can't really even swing your rope in the tunnel. And everybody's in order and what you're about to rope and stuff. And, uh Luke Brown, he's in the average. He's ahead of us. He's been roping good all week. And him and Hunter are real quiet back there. And the round gets so freaking tough that night. And like, and with this point, we were third in the average still. Because yeah. we had one no time. And I mean, the two legs didn't hurt us in the average. The no time dropped us down. But like, they had messed up enough to where they left us right there in the average. We're third. Yeah. So like, we're third is good in the average for where we're at. So it's like, really at this point, like he said, what, just one time we need to hit and keep our spot in the average. Well, they're blasting them, like yeah, it's, 100% blasting And we got another steer that is straight. He's strong, but he's like straight and he's real good. And it don't matter how strong they are out there. If they're straight and handle good, you can do something with them. And uh, and I'm kind of nervous, but I'm like, man, I ain't gonna, I'm just going to rope. I'm going to do me and see what happens. And uh, we're in the, there's like two or three teams before us. Thorpe kind of looks over like we're going to change the game plan up because the round's so tough. And I was like, we got to get it tonight or tomorrow night. I was like, <laughs> and if I miss him tonight, maybe people won't put as much heat on tomorrow for me, you know? Yeah. And uh, well, I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I mean, they're like, at this point, four flat, maybe six, with still teams to go. And I'm like, what, uh, what do you think? Yeah, because you, you, right? you can just <laughs> yeah. lay it up well, and yeah, just well, go catch, in my right? Mind, stay in I'm the like, average. Well, I don't know. I could have been talked into either one. I'm like, well, if we I catch two steers, we got 50 grand more coming. If we just two times, we could and be I, 30 on the next And I year. wanted to know, because, like, there's nothing harder than somebody laying up and you're on full tilt, and then you're like, okay, you got to move, you know, adjust. Or he's on full tilt, I'm on layup mode. That's not very easy either. So I wanted, like, I was kind of, I was cool with either way, but I was like, what do you want to do right here? Because catch 22, if we go lay up, great, and the average hold our spot, need to kind of place tomorrow. But then they all go after, or a couple that are in the hunt go after us. Yeah. Because they had moved ahead. They were the ones being fast. So we would have still been, I would say, with the ball in our court, but we're going first. So if we just go do our deal the next night, well, they're all after us, so they could all press. Well, if they win the round, they kick us out. So it's like, it, it, it looked better for us to win something in the round and get to go after them. Yeah. And it's funny because this is like probably one of the first experiences, like, hey, actually, maybe the most amount of money isn't important as because if you go make two clean times or just two catches yeah. at this point you win thirty thousand but like one round win and a catch is world title so now it's like hey we we kind of got a we got a little bit of an that opportunity was the biggest to, time, right? I thought, to make a decision really. yeah because like it did it did look as simple as okay get a time 
and still be in a great spot, hold your spot in the average, and, and when 3-9, which 3-9 did win last hole that night, but I'm like, when 4-flat is 6th at the time, that doesn't sound terrible. But then also we're like, okay, and I think if we'd had one of those series that we had the three rounds we messed up, that might have been our game plan because yeah. you weren't going to be 3-9 on either one of those three, but the steer we had, he's straight, he's honest. Our run that we left home with should be good enough to be with with the way we think, 3-5, or it could be 5-5. Five, five. Either way, we're cool with it. We're going to take the same approach. Like, I might have had to take another swing, not finish as good as we wanted, or he might have, you know, followed it through, not squared up as fast. I'd take another one, be 4-5. We're still good with that, but let's give ourselves a chance to be the placing. That was cooler to me than being, when we went out there and were 3-5 and won the round, one of the last teams needing to do it. That meant more to me than the 3-3. Three, three. Just because when we had to do something, we freaking did it. And I think that was, but it goes both ways. Even if we had to be 10 and we just went seven and we're smooth, like the task was in front of us and we pulled through. It wasn't like the ninth and the 10th round were both cool because, like, that's what he says. I want to give ourselves a chance. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm going to hit the barrier, be aggressive, give ourselves a chance to place. And then that's what happened. We're three, five, won the round. Well, then come back to the 10th round. Well, as long as we stay, no matter how it shook out, as long as we held our average spot, we had it won. Yeah. Or a little, it got a little shakier than that. If those guys won first in the round and then we got dropped down one spot, we could lose it. So it's like there was two teams that could win the round, and then if we moved down a spot, we lost it. So there was a, a little bit of play in there, and those teams all did good. They were all the first, second, third people in the That game. was hard when every team that – Wesley, he figured all of it. I didn't figure it that close because I didn't. I didn't want to be watching someone else worry about what they're gonna do, right? Then try to figure out what I'm gonna do different. So I was like, I'm gonna do. I needed to do me regardless. He he's a numbers guy and he was good with it, and it never affected his performance. But for me, I knew it was going to. So I really I didn't know if we won it or not. Which one thing that happened was like Andrew and Buddy. They didn't have a very good steer. Made a great run. They were like four flat. Right. And we were like one point. I think a second and a half ahead of them. So it made me start thinking they were like leading the round. Junior's leading the round. They were like second. So it started getting real tight to what could or couldn't happen. So like in my mind, I knew we had to stay ahead of the 5-5 mark to guarantee it, which I looking back, it could have been a little different. Like maybe the clean run was plenty good, but because um, they didn't win it, you know, Driggers, Driggers ended up passing them. But at the time, I was like, our steer wasn't, we didn't, I'm not saying he was a horrible steer. He just wasn't a good steer to place in a round. Like he didn't right. want a little bit forward. left and strong. He, he was left, decent speed, and then he kind of wanted to come under. Like and he's head horse enough. had to pull up the wall after we'd we'd heard that. Yeah, the horse after everybody wasn't thought my, my horse was ducking so and went over the wall. But and Tyler can't go catch. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, <laughs> so I was thinking like he, I need I still had in my head like be pretty aggressive and yeah. be ready for a throw because. We don't have all day here, and and the more you lay up here, like I said, it's harder. But anyway, it was kind of fun for the ninth and tenth round to play that way because it worked one way, and then all of a sudden, then just have to turn around and go catch. Worked that way for both of us too. Well in tune. That's like what you guys kind of practice. That you know is the catch run at the end after you guys have been on the muscle is like maybe just a little bit of back off feel, but still got to be aggressive. You know, yeah. got to that six five to five flat run in there. You know, that's that's a little more conservative, you'd say, and, and handling that. And I think that's 
it's tough because it's hard to probably catch in that building feeling that like there's just not enough room to work can't lay off the barrier like you know what i mean but it's one of those things is like having that in the bag like knowing that that's what the team can do it's awesome yeah. but i i think more importantly is like when you get a chance to win the world like and you get it down where it's close like you can't win the world in the first few go rounds like when you got one or two steers left then trying to win the world i think that's that's the coolest spot and then to have it go your way obviously is a it's it's a huge reward you know what i mean it's a one of those I, I don't ever think too like you don't you don't ever not feel pressure but how you can only control how you handle the pressure and like before with those teams that were riding on our tail being that fast and then like honestly starting the starting the nfr off with driggers and junior are just the best freaking team going and we're one and two in the world and everybody's kind of talking about it and i still feel like they're better than me and and like having them go in front of us every night in the first two nights, just go forward both rounds and place. I'm like, the old me, I don't think could have handled that situation. Like being number one, I would have tried to do too much and done something stupid or whatever. Like instead of just like, hey, stick to what we know. You know, pressure doesn't affect me like it used to. And right. I think just kind of being in the middle of that right there was cool to pull through and do it how, how I should have done it all along, just be smooth. They're a badass team, just like all the other guys that are behind us right here. Just, just do us regardless, and I think it paid off. It was pretty cool to finally pull it off because I've messed up a lot when the pressure was on me, doing too much or doing something different or, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. I guess you can say. Well, you're an aggressive, like you have an aggressive nature to your roping, yeah. and so like yours has been almost the opposite kind of journey. Like you were aggressive early, and so it's like you got to add more. That yeah. catch to your game as you like grow and become a better jackpotter and all of that right so yeah. it's like you went from like going real fast to now like both you know what i mean you can you got the you got to have got to be able to jackpot gotta be able to catch yeah. just can't let that easy money go no you know when I mean? the pressure's on you just you don't even have to just one up them when the pressure's on you but just do your job and see where they play out a little more well right. when you leave home like i just think about like in terms of when you're practicing for the nfr what what do you hope is the scenario on the tenth round? Like with average involved and everything, there's almost no way you're gonna have it clinched unless it just goes perfect, right? That's what I'm actually hoping for. If I, you know, I was like, don't even need to show up. Like, <laughs> so, so like I in terms of like, what do you, you know, just what do you want to, what do you want the tenth round to look like? I don't think there's a better scenario than a nice, just sharp, smooth run to win it. Like you don't really love the idea. Okay, three seven here, or that's it. You know, three seven or nothing. Or you got to win third in a round or better, and there's a team after you or anything. So it's like, if that's what you think is the best case scenario, I want to clean around in the tenth round. I want to go buckle. Like, better have it in the back. Yeah, yeah. You better practice that. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and practice what you want to happen. Yeah, yeah like however yeah. you want to go that yeah. to go in the tenth round, you better run. You better run it. Yeah. Right. And that's pretty awesome. Should have practiced for those early runs better. <laughs> practice having it sewed up. Oh, <laughs> uh, should we? I think we should talk about this rope until you guys got coming up. I know that we, we've discussed it a little bit um, prior, but I, I was like, as it's getting pretty close, you guys, this vision for this youth rope too, I think is pretty incredible, right? Because it's made a big impact, right? With the, with you guys, as far as like, uh, just kind of give me the, the background a little bit on it and like how, like we're, what are we a month out? Yeah. Right, 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 right a month out. So let's, let's kind of talk about that and like how it's kind of coming together for, for your youth finals. 
I think I've been shocked at how many people got on board with it for the first year because nobody knew. I mean, it, it's the first time to get it going, the first time to get it, you know, the world, they used to have the World Junior back in Ardmore. That's what, that's what we based it off of. And like, I kind of randomly say for several years, like, man, I wish somebody would do that again. Or like, I even said on a podcast with Jordan Weaver, like last year, the year before, I'm like, man, they need to um, do that again. And me and him are driving down the road, which we both think a lot alike. Like we're always trying to look for the, you know, either a better way for the industry or something for the industry that, you know, coming up or something, but you know, anything we can do to make Just last better. month, we've started 67 businesses. <laughs> 67 alone. businesses alone. <laughs> We're always coming up with something, it feels like. But uh, I just think you, you know, always kind of just brainstorming and thinking. And so I, that's how I was like, why, I mean, why don't we just do it? You know, and it, it's um, great for the youth. I mean, they don't have a ton of things. I mean, there all, is all kind of youth events and rodeos and stuff, but there's nothing um, I mean, a place for them to go rope with the pros, butt heads with the pros, rope with each other, different divisions. I think it's just a good spot, and everybody's jumped on board with it. I mean, the sponsors we've had get behind it. You know, you guys, like nobody bad an eye. They're like, heck yeah, we're in. We'll do whatever to make this work. So like that part has been really fun, really cool, and like we've been getting calls from Nebraska and Missouri and Mississippi and Louisiana and people that are like have made it a point to come. And so that, that'll be cool. Like, I think it's great too. Like no matter what your goals are, like how far you want to go with roping, like it can be used for other than just trying to get to the top. I mean, you meet people, you know, a kid in Idaho meets a kid from Indiana and who knows what they could do together in 10 years. Like they might just rope for fun a couple months a year, but to meet, meet people from all over, like where it could lead with your connections and networking, like that's the way I look at it. Like there, there's something for everybody to get from it down the road and we just hope to grow it, make it a good event and try to get the best kids there, but also know there's a spot for everybody too. Right. So we, uh, that's one thing that we plan on doing is like, we wanted to help these kids get endorsed by some sponsors. So like, uh, Aquinity, OE Nutraceuticals, uh, Apex Boots, and there's a lot of other companies that are going to step on well, board. Right quick, too. The thing that you're doing with this is, more importantly, to be a good endorsee and teach these kids, like, hey, how to be an asset to these companies. Like, how like how to provide value. So that, that structure with, like, hey, how, how the companies are going to be involved. But more importantly, you're going to teach the kids, like, hey, it's not about just throwing a patch on a shirt and, like, going out there. Like, it's like, hey, this is... You're you're representing a brand, yeah. and you're you've got people's livelihoods that are you know they're they're endorsing you because they want exposure, they want to be part of your journey, and like how how to help that brand grow. And I think that's what's been so unique is how you put that together. Yeah, like when when we get these kids started with these companies, and they do sell product for them or use the promo code to advertise, or you look up and the kid's 12 years old and he's using this horse supplement or this specific pad saddle you name it like that from these companies it's getting their foot in the door when they do turn 18 and 19 and have some success being able to even maybe get get hey well, i'm doing more for this company so i would like to get more back well they've been already on the team for five years well that's yeah. going to be a lot easier for them their first second year rodeo and to get somewhere and if you'll look at dang near everybody our age when they started there was no patches on their shirt they didn't even know the number to call to get a discount on their saddle pads or anything like that. You know, they went to the tax store and bought them. So, like, not only saving these kids a lot of money and helping these sponsors kind of get, promote their brand as well, but just kind of working together 
the same deal where their foot's already in the door. We're going to help them get started. You know, kids are going to get sponsored just for just for literally making the short round some of these events. And then obviously the sponsorships get better the more they win, the more opportunities for them. And, and they don't have to take any of them, but they have the opportunity to take whichever ones they would like to grow with. And uh, I think the same deal for us as pros, you know, we rope usually on Thursday morning and Friday morning in the open, and they go 15, 13, 12, 11, and the, their ropings are on Sunday for the most part. We don't even see these kids growing up. I don't, I don't know who the best one is coming up unless they rope in the opens, but just kind of getting the pros with the kids, getting their feet wet, and having a chance to rope with Junior Naguera and Wesley Thorpe for 75 bucks a run or 100 bucks a run, whatever it is, and, and all these ropings. And, not only for their nerves, but uh, just to see what talent level they're at and all that. There's, I mean, endless opportunities and experience that they're going to get from being able to do so, you know, right. and how they, and pressure and learn how to handle it. I mean, I don't think there's nothing but good things going to come from this as well as like a lot of their opens are going to be real barriers and these kids have never seen it. Uh, not to mention the World Series is 21 and over. So they're not even getting a chance to compete for five, ten years, where when we started it was just the U.S. Ropens, and it was all the same. There wasn't an age cap on anything. Right. So so we're going to try to contribute to the younger crowd, give them a chance somewhere to go, a chance with sponsors, a chance to meet some pros, rope with pros, a chance to rope with kids their age, see where they're at, a chance to rope behind an actual barrier that if they get good enough, that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, it all... We've tried to think of every angle we could to literally better the sport and get these kids some experience. Too. And uh, for more information on it, where's the best spot to find flyers, all that? World Youth Team Rope Championships is the name, and you can look them up on Facebook. We've been trying to update any information or any you know anything like that, updated flyers. Okay, on They're Facebook? All on Facebook, yep. yes. And, and we'll, we try to share them on our personal pages as much as we can just to kind of spread the information out. Um, but yeah, it's at 377 Arena in Stephenville. Okay, perfect. Anything else you guys want to add on on this? I felt like we gotta we gotta cut it up on this summer's experience, anyways. You got something to say? Shit was wild, man. <laughs> no, it's all good. It uh, it's been fun, and we're looking to grow inside and out of the arena together, and just try to just see where it leads. And that's what we that's the youth deals one of the most exciting things we got coming up. I'm, I'm nervous to make sure we've thought of every single thing to make sure it runs as smoothly as it, as right. it can. Uh, you know, like you guys stepping over the X Factor and adding five grand to the Open. We add money to the Open to get the pros to show up to rope with these kids. The stipulation to rope in these Opens with a lot of added money, average fees, and a good payout on some of the best steers we can find it's literally for these pros to rope with the kids. Right. And we made the fees cheap enough that these kids are going to get, you know, they can afford multiple runs. It's not $500 for one run with a pro, you know. It's 75 to 150 depending on what roping it is. But none of it's too high. That way they can enjoy a weekend that's not too expensive. And, uh. I don't know. I just that's our plan is just to grow it and see where it goes from here. Bring that that jackpot and feel back and let that like kind of that's the hardest part is the experience that that higher level like competition with peers with 
your role models. I think it's like that's that's a it's a thing that like that amount of pressure that you kind of feel internally is is weird to happen like to go through as a kid and, and I feel like a lot of people missing that's a, a big thing and I just I know like it's a big it's a big opportunity or a privilege to get to rope with one of one of these people that you look up to you know what I mean and it's also like everybody is is at their peak in their own little area you know yeah and so it's a good spot to like show up and measure yourself a little bit and like kind of see where you're at see see what the kids in California are open like and the kids in Oklahoma or the kids in Texas and kind of um you know rub shoulders with the pros too to see kind of how that looks and and watch them compete and realize that the pros do miss and uh you know or, and this kid's 14 and throwing on the corner or whatever you want to call it you know you at least kind of see where you're at to where you kind of can oh shoot I'm gonna go home and either motivate myself you know this kid might be the best part in his country or territory but you know, he goes home, works on it, he comes back and compares himself the next year. Because, like, to me, growing up, like, the World Junior, that's how it was. Like, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm kicking butt around here, beating all the older guys. And then you show up, and I'm 15, roping the 1400, and Brady Norman's 13, and just runs through me. I mean, I went, he, he luckily let me win the last three holes, and he won every hole before it, you know. Right. And so it's like, this kid's two years younger, and, and making me look like I don't even belong compared to that. And... Yeah. So it's like, I went home and worked at it. And I came back, where I'm at next, well, he's better too. <laughs> yeah. He's still up there, you know what I mean? And then come back home, go back next year, see where he's at. So it's like, I'm getting closer, you know? And it's like, that's how it works. Like, you got to feed off something, you know, to get that competitive edge of like, where am I at? How did I get to that spot? And let it motivate you instead of discourage you. So right. I'm going to step on some toes saying this. But I was like the last probably generation, I'm 31, I was the last generation to like use an atlas to get to the rodeo. You know what I mean? Like when I was younger, like there might have been a Garmin, but no, I didn't have, I had a flip phone. There was no, you know, so like it was an old school way of thinking too, where like now a lot of the parents are sad that their kids got his numbers raised to, oh, well, He's a five, you know, he's not ready to be a five. I'll call up there and try to get him lowered. Or when I grew up, it was embarrassing if there was someone higher numbered than you that was that was younger than you. And it was always like... It was like your measuring stick. It was like your yeah. measuring stick, yeah. literally where I didn't want to be a salty four. I wanted to be An a over, 10. Overrated I, eight. I wanted to be 15 <laughs> years old and a freaking 10. I never even, still not a 10, but... It was like that was my goal. It was like I wanted to be yeah. the greatest guy. And when so like Dakota Curtin Slayer, he was like two years older than me. And I think he was a ten when he was like fifteen or sixteen. And so everybody thought I sucked compared to him. You know, I was like an eight healer at fifteen and he was a ten or whatever. And like so like that was like you said, the measuring stick to like how I need to get better. I need to get better. I need to get better. And now it's like they want to hide them out and and I guess you sneak around. It's it. I know I'm going to step on some toes saying that because I know that everybody wants their, you know, like they want him to be a four and win at his level. But our level, there's only one level, and it was always up. Yeah. Well, like one thing, too, though, that, that there's a pretty bad stigma on, like, making it to the top. Like, there's nothing in it. You know, like, I, I'm not embarrassed to say or way, like, I want people to know, like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, if you make it to the top, like, there's something there. Like, keep keep going, you know, keep working on it, like. Don't be embarrassed to get raised to the next spot because, like, you keep going, like, there, there, you can get somewhere, you know. And yeah. like, I think that that needs to be more enforced because, like, the old school method is like, there's nothing in it, you know, rodeo. And there's 
there's no end to it or being the best you know the ropings go go down and all that like that that's not there's more to it like we're bringing our sponsors involved and bringing them the relationships and learning that like hey there, there's something there if I keep working at it there's opportunities yeah. all the time yeah there's there's a ton of them and you got to think outside the box and there's nothing worse in my opinion than that everybody gets a trophy mindset you know so uh I can remember going to that world junior roping when I was 12 years old and I think Jay Corkle was there we roped at the same roping against each other well like I mean obviously it didn't even hold a candle to what he could do and he, I don't think he ever missed a steer all week and uh instead of my dad holding me back waiting till I was the right age to try him on like he was like oh that's good we'll be better next year and he he wouldn't let me miss it like he scheduled it all he did it all I didn't even know nothing about it and uh they didn't wait till I was 14 to go to the 14 and under like I went to 14 under rope when I was eight didn't have a prayer then either but like when I did turn 14 I did win every hole and right. like I was the best guy there but so like he he you know every year I got a little bit better and a little bit better and like and that was before any social media and stuff so like that was your one time a year to see where you were at against those guys and you know see these guys in Colorado California Utah you name it that were like hey I thought I was the best 14 year old around but these guys are you know and I instead of looking at it like trying to go hide out and find your best spot like you went where all they were where all of them were and found out right. what you needed to do different. So, no, I love it. I love the theory behind it. I like. I think where it can go. I mean, obviously, we're offering memberships to to all the youth in it as well, and doing some stuff like that because I, I do. I think it's really important to understand. Like, hey, you know, we want to get better. Like, that's the goal. Yeah. Like, no one wants to stay the same. Like, we want to be. You know, we want to improve as people. We want to improve in competition, and it's and it's fun to show do that. This you know what I mean? From Kansas. Uh, you know, getting discount on quite a few products and like get his foot on the door and some stuff. And if he goes up there and does a lot for the companies he winds up getting with, you know, I'm sure they're going to return the favor on any kid to get it going. So yeah, I they, think that's they the learn how to chance. become an asset. Yeah, to, a business. to get the foot in the door for everybody to grow. So just the sport as well. well. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.